Hello and welcome to episode 11 of Beekeeping at Five Apple Farm. This is Lee. Today I want to continue um, with the theme of some simple, easy queen rearing. Episode 10, I started out with just some, some a general overview. Today I want to talk about some very simple frame-based techniques. And by frame-based, I just mean that, you know, no grafting, no moving of individual cells or larvae. Uh, this is things you can do to get queen cells on a frame, good quality queen cells on a frame, and then that frame you can use as the basis of um, mating. One of those methods I just posted um, today as a post on the Facebook page, Five Apple Farm, Bees, Honey, and More. And I had put up a picture from one of my favorite blogs, The Apiarist, um, which is a Scottish beekeeping blog that is exceptionally well written. Um, and so it's his illustration from an article called Queen Cells Don't Panic, which is a good um, article about queens in general. But this is what I wrote today on the Facebook page, and it's sort of a uh, step one, two, three about how to do a basic frame-based split that yields multiple queen cells. I'm just going to read it. In episode 10 of the podcast, I mentioned culling the queen cells that are capped on day 5 after a split, split being day 1, as a way to select for queens that were started from the youngest larva. This is a way to help a split make better queens, much better than a walkaway split which usually produces poorer quality queens and often the hives still swarm. To make graftless queens via a split, I remove the queen of a hive that I like to a nuke box with appropriate frames of mostly capped brood, clinging bees, I shake in plenty of extra staff and add frames of pollen and nectar, then I set her in a new spot in the apiary. A flow is required for all of this all of this to work well and you will need to tend to this queen retirement nuke until her flying bees mature. The now queenless hive remains in the original spot so they retain the inflow of nectar and pollen from the foragers so that the queen cells that are going to be made are very well fed. On day five I carefully go through the whole hive to find the frames with queen cells. I cull those that are too small, misshapen, and the capped ones. And that is shown in an illustration. I leave the largest uncapped ones, but I mark those frames with a thumbtack to make them easy to find. On day 10, I divide mating nukes off of the hive. I give each of the mating nukes the frames and the bees they need, so that each of them also has a queen cell, a queen cell or two, to make a new queen. I leave one good-looking queen cell in the original hive. It's very important to check this carefully to prevent swarming with a virgin queen. If for any reason things don't go well for the original hive, I can simply requeen it with one of the several mating nukes that returns a well-mated queen. This is an easy way to get several good quality queens off a split. And in my opinion, it's a much better alternative to the walkaway split. Brian Fisher calls this a walk back to it. When you go back and cull the capped cells on day five, 
to select for better queens. So that was the the written version of of the most the kind of basic premise of what I'm going to talk about today, and that is doing your splits in a way that the bulk of the hive, the bulk of those nurse bees, all the food, all the stores, and all the foragers, they are going to be the ones building your queen cells. Your queen has been set aside. If you can't find the queen, I'm going to go through a plan B because I ran into this just the other day. So, um, so basically, you know, normally with a split, you split it and you get two, hopefully, um, and hopefully nobody swarms. But when you remove the queen and then go back in strategically, uh, both to cull down to your, your youngest queen cells, which in theory are the youngest larvae, which produce the best quality queens. That last part is not in theory. There is research um, that the, the younger larva, meaning in that first 24 hours after it hatches from an egg, that window produces the best quality uh, queen. So in a regular split, you would be maybe going in there to cull down to one or two queen cells because you don't want, you know, 10 queen cells um, in that original hive. But in this method, you're going to go back on day 10. Now remember, day 1 is the day you split. And then on day 10, um, you're going to go back in there um, and remove the frames with queen cells and use them as the core to divide off however many mating nukes you want. Um, you know, the, the downside of the frame method is, um, well, I should say the downside for me, since I have a lot of plastic foundation, is if there's, you know, five beautiful queen cells on one frame, um, I'm going to have to weed that down to two because the, I mean, I don't have to, but that'll just prevent, do some carnage on the front end instead of the back end. Um, because in the mating nuke, I don't have to worry of swarming, you know, they really are going to kill each other down to the last one. Um because there's not enough bees in a little mating nuke to swarm. Now, if all five of those cells hatch out in that full-size hive, then you'll probably have swarm after swarm, um, and the after swarms can be vicious, so you don't want that to happen. So calendar keeping is critical on this. Day 10 is pretty critical to go in there, you know, just in case there is a slightly younger, um, I mean a slightly older larva among the ones you left um, on day 10 to separate them out, do your mating nukes. Um, I will say now that I have a few yards to choose from, it is so lovely to build my little mating nukes, you know, look at them, go, okay, that's about the right population, and then just drive them over to another yard, which is several miles away, and then the next day, they're all still there. They, the population is exactly um, what I put in there. I love that. This is, I haven't had that this long. If you put those little mating nukes, you know, on your own property, um, I mean, unless you've got a whole bunch of property <laughs> with miles in between it, but if you put that on your own property, of course, the foragers, any foragers you put in that box are going to fly back to the original hive, and then your little mating nuke is going to have a depleted population. I know that um, a lot of times commercial queen rearers, uh, their mating nukes are very sparse, you know, just a handful of bees. Um, I like to have uh, essentially a tiny nuke in my mating nuke um, because that way uh, I can just, if I want to leave it there after the queen is mated and returned, um, I use the five frame uh, nuke boxes for this or the queen castle that I talked about la last episode. And if it's, if I have her in a five frame, 
then I might only have, say, three frames in there, and that would be the frame with the queen cell and some good stores and and a feeder. Um, if I've moved it to another yard, then sometimes I just put a frame of nectar and if there's a good flow, and that's going to get them through. Um, but, uh, but anyway, I like a little population in there. Um, I I've read that kind of an there's an escort team that takes the queen out to help mate. Um, I don't know the specifics on that, but if that's true, I want her to have a good entourage, you know, to help uh, get her out there and then get her back in the box successfully. So these frame-based uh, splits, um, I've found very handy to rear queens when for whatever reason I'm not set up, which can happen a lot if I just don't have the time to set up for a full graft run and be prepared to divide all those cells out into, you know, 10 or 12 mating nukes. And even though that is so micro scale for a real queen breeder, for me, 10 or 12 mating nukes, you know, getting all that ready is, is kind of uh, the maximum I can handle per batch. So these little frame-based ones, um, I've found it a great thing to do when I have a hive that I like, that I'm fond of the queen, I think she's got good qualities, and I want to split that hive. Uh, maybe they're, they're on the cusp of swarming, but I also want them to make some queens, but I also don't have time to put together a whole uh, graft run. Um, the frame-based has worked well for me. Now, um, I have to be very careful to watch out that I find the queen cells that I take and put in mating nukes, I really um, cull them in the sense of if they're drawn on really black wax and um, and they're small and scrawny or, or they kind of look bent, I just weed all those out. I only take to a mating nuke a cell that looks decent, that looks as close to a big fat swarm cell as I can get. So then if I'm lucky, um, many of those mating nukes get returned queens. You'll have to now look at your queen math, uh, and I'll give you a good link later on a queen calculator that can tell you based on your graph day, which in this case your split day is going to count as your graph day, um, then every day kind of what's happening with that queen and the window when you can expect her to mate and the window where you check to see if she's back and laying eggs. I leave another reason I like that um, mating nuke that's a decent size is I leave her in there. I like to watch her lay up, you know, a frame or two. And of course, I'm using mediums so so that I can see that she's well mated. I can I definitely wait till she's got a frame of capped brood before I make a judgment on her because I want to make sure that she's well mated. And if I saw you know, kind of some drone brood popping out here and there. Now, I'm told that new queens occasionally, while they're pulling themselves together, will lay a few drone um, eggs in in their worker brood. But if I see that or if it lasts, then I call her because I feel like she did not get well mated. So when I have those, uh, you know, and it, so every time, so for example, you know, if I were to make eight mating nukes out of this, I'd be happy if three-quarters of those come back. I'd be happy if three-quarters of those look like good queens. So you always want to make more than you need, but at the same time, don't, in my opinion, don't use the poor quality cells. You know, plan to weed out the worst half of your cells on the frames and be more picky because, you know, it's a little harder for them to draw off frames, and the more young wax you have, the more in luck you will be. 
Now, one variation on this, and I, you know, I haven't had any luck with it, but people swear by it, is the whole um, on-the-spot queen rearing. Mel Dickinson, I believe his name is, or Dickinson. He's big in the OTS, on-the-spot queen rearing. And basically all it is is you kind of a process like this, but instead of just instead of letting them pick exactly which cell they you want them to draw queen cells of, off of, what he does is um, you find a patch of just hatched larvae. And those are the larvae that are so tiny, they're actually smaller than the egg, and they're clear. Now those are the ones that you would be grafting. So sometimes those are almost impossible to see out in the yard if you don't have your light and your magnifiers on like when I graft. And so what I do is I find some eggs because I can usually see those on my um, black plastic foundation pretty well. Um, and then I find some eggs and then I look around them to what, you know, the slightly older area to what essentially look like there's nothing but a drop of water in the bottom of those. And that is usually a larva with royal jelly in it. And so with the on-the-spot queen rearing, you take the flat end of your hive tool and you just drag it across the frame underneath those larvae that look good. And so what it does is it scrapes off, or um, I guess if you have wax foundation I get I don't know if it smashes it I haven't tried it on wax foundation but on my black plastic I just scratch off underneath now what they say is that the bees can more easily pick some of those larvae and now they've got space to drop a queen cell down well I don't know my bees do not want to follow this direction because you know I've made my little scrapes and scrapes and they don't pick that spot they put the wax back on it and then they pick a totally different spot so maybe your bees are more well behaved than mine but um, do try it and tell me if you have any luck with this or if you've tried this method um, with any success because I, I mean I think it's a cool idea I just haven't been I haven't been able to make my bees do it yet um, but they are good at, at drawing some cells out and between all the ones they have drawn usually I can find at least a few a few to several that look really good and then I just stock my mating nukes um, a mating nuke I think I might have said this already but you know basically you've got a cell of some type and you've got um, some like a, to me a perfect mating nuke would be um, the frame with a cell on it and whatever happens to be on that frame now if there's a bunch of open larva well there won't be or there won't be no it's day 10 and there's no queen so there won't be um, but I love to stick a frame of um, emerging cat brood in there because again remember I'm working with mediums so you might not need this kind of quantity of frames if you're working with deeps um, because those are going to be emerging and uh, provide the queen with some nurse bees to feed the eggs that she is to feed the larva she is hopefully about to produce and then um, it, it also as they come out it gives her space to lay so that's a win-win to me and then I make sure they have uh, if possible I love to find those frames that have a beautiful uh, band of honey and a band of pollen and some brood then those are just the perfect ones easy to set up your little mating nukes and there's a couple variations um, on this that I found that work well. What I'm describing now, I guess you could call it a walk back to it split with multiple queen uh, cells taken out of it. Um, I talked in an earlier episode about the cut down split and the cut down split which the directions are on Michael the Michael Bush website on his splits page 
and he describes it as something used to produce comb honey, but I've found it's great for this method when I have a big hive that I love that hive, but I also want them to make honey, but I also want to get some queen cells off of them, and I also don't want them to swarm. The cut down split solves all those problems. I've had great success with it. Um, I use it whenever I'm trying to get everything out of uh, one hive. So even though it's a little bit complicated, it's not hard, but it's complicated in that certain exact portions of the hive must go in the in one box or the other and the instructions like I said are on Michael Bush's website and if you um, want I will in fact I'll, I'll go ahead and post it if somebody will remind me on the Facebook page the um, I have a drawing of the whole cut down split because I I'm very fond of it and have taught it to my local club so th that works well with this method and then there's the even split which as you know is when you divide a hive up in, instead of it's you know let me go back and say something I realize I've left something out the walk away split the walk back to it split that I do um, obviously I'm not doing it the traditional way the traditional walk away split I am just not fond of never use and that is if you've got four boxes on hive you just go out there and you put two on one hive stand and two on the other and you walk away um, I do not see anything to gain out of that whole technique, in my opinion. <laughs> um, so when I'm doing the split that I just described, I'm leaving the whole hive intact. I'm just pulling out the part that might cause a swarm, and that's the queen, and putting her in a nuke box. So this is a variation um, on that. If you Another type of split that I do use is an even split. And that is where you take a big booming hive and you want to divide that up into either a few small hives or you can divide it down into several um, new. But the main feature of an even split is you're going to go through the entire hive um, frame by frame and and put what you want into each division. So you're going to divide up the honey, divide up the pollen, divide up the captive brood, divide up the open brood, you know, for example. And the advantage of this, obviously over the, the quote-unquote walk away um, that we're not going to do anymore, <laughs> is that each portion has what it needs. You know, it's not like one half is going to get stuck with all the brood and the other half is going to get stuck with all the uh, stores, which can happen with the, the walk away. So the even split, I'll tell you about one I did the other day. Um, I had mentioned that I had a hive that I'm very fond of. It is a uh, genetic line that I only have one hive of, of that bee that someone uh, gave me. I'm in love with her. She's, go she's gorgeous. She's a prolific, good honey producer. They're actually nice. They're a very uh, dark, small bee, which I am fond of. And up here in the Appalachians, we, we have some of that. And who knows what that is leftover genetics from. But anyway, this is in an off, in an off yard. It's at a farm. And and I don't know the age of the queen, so I didn't know how likely she was to swarm. But I knew the hive was getting packed out. Um, and I definitely, I want to graft from this queen, but I'm not ready to graft. It's a little early for us here to, for me to put all that work into a graft run because our weather is still so iffy. But I am very much willing to roll the dice and try out some um, of these split-based because I'll still have them all 
and I can break them down even further into mating nukes if I, if I need to. So what I did over at the farm was um, it was six boxes tall, packed with bees, top to bottom. And I did not know if I would be able to find the queen in that. So I took a bunch of boxes and a bunch of equipment over there. Um, the other thing was, I, you know, so ideally I wanted to find her and kind of do the um, more or less what I was talking about here. But I wanted to bring some of them back to my home here so they would mate here and I wanted to leave some there at the farm which uh, so they would mate with a different population of drones. So I got into that big six frame and I began to do even splits um, because I'm, I was just like you know my odds are low to find this queen in this much population with the time that I have and um, so I began to do an even split so I just you know set up a, a bunch of uh, bottom boards and boxes starter boxes um, I moved the hive piece by you know box by box off the original stand um, and then I you know went ahead and put a replacement box and bottom board in the original spot so that the foragers would have somewhere to go <laughs> let me pause here and say these were the most interesting bees because most of the times if I if I do that you know how foragers will go back to the very exact door which they're coming out of well I had moved all the boxes of this hive probably about six foot away to the other end of the um, fenced in area to do all my work thinking that the foragers would obediently go back to the hive stand and kind of be out of my way and lessen the population of what I was looking for with the queen it was fascinating this is the first time I've ever seen this I was six foot away those bees went, checked the original hive when they saw that there was the that mama wasn't home. They came over six foot away and started going in that in in the boxes that I was working with. I've never seen that. Anyway, that that's my side story. But so I took the boxes and I I looked through frame by frame and just started dividing them up. It's like honey for you, honey for you, honey for you, honey for you, pollen for you, pollen for you, pollen, and um, capped, 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 you know, with each of the setups. And so I decided to divide it up into four, I was going to divide it up into four splits, essentially, four even splits. Now, since I didn't think I would find the queen, I had figured that I, on each of those I would put an empty frame of dark drawn comb kind of right in the middle of each one of those. And then I, on that day when I go back in um, on day five to look and, uh, and see who has queen cells, you know, the one without queen cells and with eggs on that black frame, that's going to have the queen in it. And that's sometimes if I can't find the queen, that's what I do. But lo and behold, I found the queen. There she was. And so I was so excited. Um, so I had my nuke box ready. I take her on her frame, and then I built her a little nucleus colony for herself. So now she was safely set aside, and I could go much faster uh, with my even splits. Now here, I'm kind of breaking one of my own rules in that each of these even splits, I'm going to let, uh, you know, make a queen and that's not a full-size hive and obviously some of those are going to be moved now they're going to be moved over here so whatever over to my home yard so the population that I put in there would still be there because it's more than three miles away and then at the original spot what I did was I took each of the two splits that I left there I brought Mama Queen home in the her nuke box to my home yard also but I turned both of those splits so the opening of that hive had originally faced southeast 
and I took each of those splits and turned them sideways so that neither of them faced the original direction instead you know which is perpendicular though so there was an empty space and when the bees flew back to that empty space then they would have to choose which of those splits to repopulate I gave those guys more space in the hive because they were going to be regaining um, a lot of the foragers who were out and um, the smaller splits I brought home to the yard here so um, so then what I did is on day five um, I went through each of those splits and culled it down to um, to two or three good-looking cells. And actually, most of them, some of them only had two cells. And um, anyway, I culled them down to that. And actually, all of them had two or three cells to, be to begin with at the most. I think I knocked down one or two that didn't, didn't look good or were capped. Um, and so... My thinking is, even though this is not the the best, but because I'm so interested in this queen's lineage, um, I don't have a problem in this case, uh, since this is not my main graft run, with allowing a nice big fat split, it's a whole box full of bees, to build um, two, three, four queen cells. They have enough uh, uh power to, to do that. I was going to say manpower, but that's so wrong about a beehive. But anyway, bee power to do that. Um, so I brought uh, the two splits here to the farm, left two splits there, and then I have Mama Queen in a separate box because, and now I have her in a smaller box. I'm giving her uh, room to lay, but she's, this, this way it makes her much more accessible to do a graft off of her. Now, in the meantime, I'm just going to watch and see uh, see what happens with my splits. Um, I will go back in on day 10 and look and see, you know, if there's... I'll look at the population of each of the splits and kind of just roll the dice in my head as to whether I want to cull it down to one queen cell to make sure that, that they don't swarm. The smaller splits that I have here at the home yard, I feel sure that they will not, um, although I could easily be wrong about that. But so anyway, um, so that's a way just kind of in play to get several new queens, I hope, um, off of her kind of before my real um, grafting season begins. Uh, this is, you know, what I do for fun. <laughs> so I hope that's given you some ideas about really simple, again, basic level rearing of queens that you can do without any specialized equipment, without grafting, without doing anything really more than the basic procedures of, um, of making a split, and potentially come out with a handful of good queens. I guess we could name this the little, let's say the um, small queen maker procedure. <laughs> no, that sounds like the queen is small and that's not good. So anyway, maybe we can think of a snappy name for this particular uh, split to get multiple queen cells. The next episode, I'm going to go on into um, grafting and some other ways if you want to get uh, a bunch of queens in one round. And again, by a bunch, I, I mean a small bunch. But um, there was someone on the Facebook page that said, please talk about, you know, queen rearing if you have 15 or 20 hives. And um, that's what I will talk about next time. I want to give you some links. And I think I finally figured out how to put links in the show notes. I noticed on iTunes it, it's a, a clickable link. On Podbean it's not, but at least you can copy and paste, I hope. Um, and I want to give you some links to get you going on 
uh, more queen rearing. Um, one is the apiarist. I've mentioned this before. It's A-P-I-A-R-I-S-T, the apiarist.org. It's a Scottish beekeeping blog that's uh, just well done. Good, good illustration. The fellow is a bee researcher during the day and a beekeeper <laughs> in his spare time. My kind of people. Um, and it's got some good illustrations. In particular, there's a method called the Ben Harden method. And I, I I think this is interesting. It is it's just a it's just a little uh, hack to, that you use what he calls fat bodies, which is just um, essentially space fillers in your hive in order to concentrate the bees uh, that will be raising your cells. Um, and I think that's a handy little technique. I haven't done it exactly that way, but I am going to try it. And related to the apiarist, there is another website, I believe also British, and it is davecushman.net, D-A-V-E hyphen C-U-S-H-M-A-N.net. And it is like an encyclopedia of, of bee knowledge. I'm pretty amazed. I found some fascinating things on there. Um, and that's a good one. On both of these, uh, if you look at things, if you read about Ben Harden method, um, cloak board, vertical split, um, all these are, are pretty cool things. I have tried a vertical split, which is just a variation pretty much on what I told you today. Um, and it, it's neat. It, I, it was very handy. It was a small hive that I wanted to do last year really too early. Um, or or it's not, it wasn't too early. I had drones, but we had a cold spell coming, and I didn't want to take a a chance on um, chilling anybody in the small hive so I use the vertical split for that but there's a lot of cool uh, methods on those those two websites could keep you busy for a week reading if you wanted to and um, so next time I'm going to talk about what I'm just grouping into uh, cell based uh, queen rearing which could be the um, the the NICOT or I guess that's the way you say N-I-C-O-T system uh, or the gender box or just plain old grafting all right thank you so much as always for listening and um, i just have to warn you guys and me doing these uh two in a weekend i should not get y'all used to this because once my season really cranks up and i get out in the bees and i'm not um forced into the house like now uh when it's raining then I, these maybe become uh more infrequent but thank you so much for listening have a wonderful day